Hello everyone, welcome to the Destination Sounds podcast. My name is Stephen Hook and this is a podcast celebrating everything to do with the world of alternative music, be that rock, punk, metal or extreme metal. Hope everyone is doing well and such. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we're going to have album reviews for Svartkown, Svartkown, Svartkrown, Crossed and Kvelatat. But we will start with Leech, the very, very hardcore kind of week this week. We will start with Leech. Um, and their second album, To Dull the Blades of Your Abuse. A very, very fucking kind of awesome uh, album title. They are from Manchester. This is their second album. They are a pile, uh, pile power violence menace. Um, and yeah, the first note I've got in my little sheet in front of me here is heavy as a heavy thing, which is, it's pretty accurate. They are astoundingly heavy they are very abrasive um and yeah it's not just they play really fast or they play really low end or anything like that it's just the way they've mixed everything and particularly from vocalist um laurie morby it's all it's not just heavy and it's not just harsh it's just it's very unclean if that makes sense um laurie morby his voice kind of struck me a lot as like static white noise, not in a bad way. It's just the like reverberations in his throat and like the gr- the roughness he has in how he sings. It's just very much that like called noise that you just constantly get. I'm, I'm really sorry if you're listening to this in any capacity and you have to listen, hear that. And after a while, it become kind of difficult to figure out where one song would finish and where another one would start purely because they just go they are up here at all times they don't really let up all that much and it is that kind of heavy throughout the entire time and there are like even with that there are still different ideas and there are still different um experiments that the band are trying to do and trying to play with i've seen other reviews compare them to industrial hardcore um, in the same sort of realms as Code Orange. Personally, I don't think that's right. I think a lot of it is down to Code Orange at the moment. The Code Orange are like the bench point for anything in hardcore right now. And I think that's why Leeched I get in the, the comparison to them. Personally, I don't see it. The, the only like industrialness I get from the album, I feel it comes more from the guitars. I feel it's a very... Um, organic way of doing these effects and adding this like extra layer to the band sound you've got um like there's like an alarm kind of sound on now it ends and you've got like this real like shrieking guitar part on praise your blades i feel like in a live setting code orange will always have to have someone on like a mixer or a table that's going to make all these fiddly diddly effects for leached with the exception of Let Me Die, which is like a very low, lo-fi industrial kind of song. It's got some w- really wicked war drums from Tom Hansel in there as well. It was really, really fun. Um, but for the bulk of the album, I feel like it is just going to be them being able to recreate everything. Just them. Just as a trio. Um, I don't really feel like you're going to need to have that guy on keyboard to really zhuzh up everything else that they are doing. There are still identifiable riffs in amongst all, even though I have said it is very like white noise at the time. It is very abrasive and heavy. Um, I was a big fan of the mathcore style opening of Famine at the Gates. Later on in that song, there's like a really good um, lower end riff. 
and there's more of those sort of things in songs like The Grey Tide and Praetial Blades. And it will come up as well in the, well, in fact, every review from this week. I seem to be able to pick out a lot more like the lower end, like lower neck, widdly diddly sort of finger blast sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, I think, for me personally, I think you need to be in the right frame of mind for this sort of thing. And I don't mean like, I haven't enjoyed this because I'm sad or anything like that. I'll, I, have to, I don't really have trouble um, differentiating mood to music, but I've just come off, I think what it is, I just come off a big kick of going through a lot of emo, a lot of Midwest emo. So you won the years, your Menzingers, your um, Spanish Love Song sort of thing. So although I like the very crass, angry kind of vocal right now, I prefer it in like a very much more light-hearted delivery. So I think it just hasn't struck me as well purely because of just a different musical mood as opposed to different like prop excuse me mental mood um i feel like if i was able to go to the gym at the moment and listen to this i'll have like a slightly different review and i have a slightly different um feeling about it it's kind of hard to take in on speakers i think this has to be something there to really get into the introverts and the um intricities of the album you will have to have headphones but it's overall not an easy album purely because of just how intense it is and how much it's just it's a barrage of noise sound and anger um and if that sounds like your sort of thing you're gonna do pretty well leached i think um i'm not writing it off i think it is still a really decent album you just for me personally just have to be in the the right kind of having the right kind of day to properly enjoy it but if fast and abrasive hardcore is your thing definitely go for this it is Leached. It is their second album to dull the blades of your abuse. It is the only beautiful, beautifully British album this week, which I didn't realise until about 30, about 30 seconds before recording, but either way, lots of good things to smash your face to. Moving on, come on. We're going to go to France now. Every British person likes France. Uh, for the album Wolves Among Ashes by Svart Crown. They are this is their fifth album for the Black and Death Metal Mob. It's their first since 2017, excuse me, um, Abreaction. It's their first album with their new bassist, Julia Negro. And it is their first album since 2013's Profane to feature guitarist Clément Flandois and drummer Nico Muller. I apologise if I butchered any names. Um, I know I describe them as Black and Death Metal. And a lot of places I've seen describe Spark Crown as Black and Death Metal. And a little tour of their back catalogue would adhere to that label. But I feel for Wolves Among Ashes, it is a bit... I think Black and Death is a bit too broad. There's a lot more things going on on this album. There's a lot of groove, a lot of big, like, stompy, groovy riffs in amongst this album. Um, and there's plenty of like really melancholic, um, borderline proggy, um, shoegazy sort of bits in there as well. Uh, like I said, I had a little bit of a look at the back catalogue. And Abreaction does have this as well, just not in the same vein as uh, Wolves Among Ashes. Um, Abreaction definitely sits more on the lines of a traditional black and death metal kind of sound. Whereas I feel like Wolves Among Ashes is experimented a little bit more. Um, and from that, from that how 
the wrist, oh, bloody hell, how the wrist hit you, how you've got like these isolated, like quite lonely sounding echo guitar parts. You've got very, very familiar kind of like drum stomps. I found myself comparing it a lot to Gajira in my head. And for those reasons that I just said, not because they're also French, because I tend to do my research on bands after listening to the album, so I had no idea they were French until I came to review this. So I th had in my head they were going to be Swedish, because Svart is a Swedish word. It means black. Um, it might also mean something in French. There's, there is always crossover language, but yeah, I definitely thought these were French for ages. Um, Swedish, sorry. So with all that in mind, bearing in mind, I've basically compared them to like a black metal tinged Gajira. And that sounds fucking wicked on paper. It is sad and surprising that I just did not get involved with this at all. Um, the album comes alive a lot in the latter stages. Um, Down to Nowhere is a good song. Exoria is a flipping brilliant song. That was the part where I really picked up on like the Gojira's kind of like stomp in amongst this like backing wall of sound. But overall, there was nothing. That, well, not nothing because I just said two songs that I like. There wasn't much that really hooked me in. There wasn't a great deal for me to say this is going to be like a big metal album for me. Um, I felt like the riffs lacked a lot of gravitas. The build up that I was trying to do made sorry, the build ups they were trying to make lacked some kind of aura about them that you'd expect to find in this sort of music and like the experiments they're trying to go with. I even found, dare I say, I even found Thermageddon, which is the second song, the first proper song on the album. I found that song quite tedious and I found it quite boring. And yeah, I still, I'll still back up the claims that, I, well, I'll still back the vocalists. Um, lead vocalist JB LaBelle, he's backed up by Clement and Julian. He's got like a proper low-end growl that sounds really good with this production. He's And he jumps from that into like a strange kind of clean vocal, almost as if he's trying to sing whilst bench pressing. So I thought vocally this album is really good, and I'll still say Exori is a very good song. But for me, I just, yeah, I just couldn't get on board with this at all. I don't even think it was like the same sort of thing with Leech, where it was um, being right for my mind. I just thought this was lacking a lot and it saddens me because I don't like shitting on bands that don't deserve it. Um, I will still stand by my claims that this is a band that's very much Gijira meets black metal and still on paper that sounds fucking wicked. So if you if that sounds your sort of thing and you are into your big stompy metal stuff, uh, give Svart around... <laughs> Fucking, it's, it's the V, it's the V. Give Svart Crown a go. The album is called Wolves Among the Ashes. They are from France. This is their fifth studio album. And yeah, it, might, it was definitely not for me, but it might be for you. And that's wholesome. Kind of. Moving on now to another country. We're going to go to Spain now. We're going to go to Madrid for the, a debut hardcore release from the band called Cross. The album is called Belly Buried Love. Um, I found out about Cross through an illustrator. Uh, the guitarist, one of the guitarists, Ordigo, is a... I cannot remember his last name. That's gonna, that makes me look like a dick. But Rodrigo is an illustrator on uh, Instagram. 
One of my personal favourites. He's absolutely fucking brilliant. And yeah, he just randomly... Because he's got a very particular kind of art style. Very... Um, that like gothic folk kind of thing going on for him. And yeah, he's all amongst this. And then all of a sudden he posted a picture of um, what would be like the... Uh, fucking hell, I can't get my words out. What would be the album art for this album, which was just a woman sat there with like black and white with the hand coming at her. Very, very different. So we're, like really stuck out. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, guys, I'm also part of this band. We're about to release this album. And here we are. Here's Crossed. They are a hardcore punk out, um, band. They're... Well, it's hardcore that peeks into the world of Screamo. Um, so it's got a lot of emotion behind it. It's got a lot of like shoegazy bits in there as well. But I think a lot of the... A lot of where like it slips into the realm of maybe a bit more of a Screamo sound comes from the vocalist. I think lead vocalist is Miguel Pardo, but I, I'm not 100% sure. Social media digging was not as successful as it would be, but I think it's Miguel. If I've got it wrong, I'm very, very sorry. Um, whomever is frontman, they have this frantic kind of shriek, which is interspersed like the really high-end, scratchy kind of sound into more of like a really pained yelp. And it reminded me of that. It reminded me in that regard of Jacob Bannon, of course, of uh, Converge fame. And Converge by vocal sound. Converge by, in some ways, music sound as well. It's not very. It's not Converge two point and it's very much. I don't even think they're trying to be the next Converge kind of sound. Um, but in the way that it's very fast, frantic, hardcore. Um, but every now and again, it does slow down to have a like a lot more groove and a lot more of a like doomy kind of stomp. Uh, the final track on the album, Saudade, Saudade, Saudade. Track thirteen. Oh, the fucking sun's out. I'm blind. Uh, the final track on the album even has like. Um, a segment in the middle which is very post-rocky it's very ethereal it's very spacey and yeah it goes similar sort of ways how converge would like expand out the realms of hardcore to have like bits of post-rock and post-metal and doom in there um cross do that as well but still understandably a very punk very hardcore kind of band and again a lot of what i enjoyed the most about this album is the groove and you can still hear the lower end riffs on the album and i don't often expect that from hardcore bands so hardcore bands i think what really interests me with hardcore bands is not so much wrist but like chord progressions like power chord progressions going up and down the neck whereas this it has that in abundance don't get me wrong but there's every now and again where you've got like the slow paced songs that have got to have like the big wrist so long night salivate and the title track but you've got real fast bits on songs like melancholia uh, no love, coloured pain, and shiver, which are proper like it's going like D beat levels, and then you've got the guitarist just like fiddling, yep, fiddling higher up on the neck, and you've got proper riffs happening in amongst the hardcore, and it really popped me, and I really really enjoyed that. It reminded me a lot of both crossover thrash bands and that like world of hardcore where it's like an extreme hardcore where people who've got like heavy heavy metal backgrounds are trying to bring that sort of thing into a punk kind of world. So bands like Suicide Tendencies, Nailbomb, 
Um, I found myself comparing it a lot to Superjoint and SOD. And like similar to all those bands, it's very fast, very it's wicked um, speed in amongst songs, but still it's not just power chords, you've also got a lot of like really ear catching riffs. And I've I've compared them to a lot of different sources. Nothing about this album. It's not reinventing the wheel, this excuse me, it's not gonna be anything you haven't heard before. But the way they've done and how they've done it and what they're doing and how they're trying to blend various influences together to make their sound. It this was a really, really fun album. Um It's short, I think it's only I don't have the time in front of I think it's just over half an hour long. It so it, blink and you'll miss it. It's a lot of fun album. And if nothing else, the biggest selling point from the album is track two, Melancholia. There's a, like the bulk of the song, it's 1 minute 23, the bulk of the song is just the vocalist screaming, I want to die. And that that's just going to set your day straight and narrow, that is. It's really fun. If you're into hardcore, I prefer this to the Leech album. I think it is because as much as it is fast and abrasive, it's still a more cleaner style of being angry. If you could put the two together, if you put Leeched on one side and Crossed in, on the other, you will see what I mean by Leeched is a very dirty sounding hardcore, whereas Crossed is a very clean sounding hardcore. It sounds stupid, it sounds ridiculous, and it sounds fucking dumb. But trust me, you'll get it. The album is called Barely... Mm, Barely Buried Love. I don't know why I struggled with that. That's English. And they are called Crossed. Um, yeah. Brand new Spanish hardcore band. I don't know many... I don't know many bands from Spain, let alone any alternative bands. Answer the postcard. <laughs> the only ones I can think of are the people that did Last Ketchup. Moving on, because I don't want to. I don't want to think about that anymore. Moving on to the last album of the week, then, and I guess album of the week has definitely been my favourite. It is the fourth album from everyone's favourite natives of Stravanger, Norway. Because I don't know anyone else from there. It is Cavell Attack's brand new album, Split. If you are if you're unfamiliar with Cavell Attack, I'd be very surprised. They became very big very quickly. I have sun in my eyes. Again. Um, they came to prominence very quickly, almost on the back of one album, with their, their particular way of blending hardcore rock and roll, and black metal. It was very popular. It continues to be quite popular. They are one of the few bands where no, not many people very, really have much negative things to say about them. They are almost... I don't want to say quite universally loved, because I'm about to make a point in a minute which contradicts that, but they are, at, at the very least, universally liked. They are praised a lot for what they do. Um, why are there still people walking around at the moment? Mm. Um, yeah, so a bit of a backstory for Split on its own. This is their first album with Ivar Nikolaisen on vocals, formerly of the good... Oh, not even formerly, still with them. Fuck. Sorry, Ivar. In, Ivar Nikolaisen also, also performed with The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which I reviewed a few weeks ago. And it is also their first album with Horvard Takle Ora on drums. I am so sorry if I butchered that. I probably have because OHR is not something that the English Dictionary deals with a lot. So yeah, sorry about that. So yeah, bit of a lineup change for the band. It's also their first album since 2016, Natus Third, which was weirdly received. This is why I was going to say 
um, they're not universally loved bad because although critically Natus Third was um, highly praised, it's got a lot of seven, eights, and nines out of ten from reviews from like professional reviewers like uh, Metal Hammer, Metal Injection, Kerrang, etc. Probably like a two out of ten from Pitchfork because fuck those guys. When I listen to podcasts and when I listen to well, like read about what actual people think about it, like people like myself and you, dear listener, um, it, they, a lot of people see it as a big step down and it doesn't hold up with the two albums that came previous, which is like are held in super high regard. Um, I personally really enjoyed Natus Fed. Um, the, I think a lot of what people didn't li- like about it is there was a lot of um, like trad metal melodies put in there. And to add another string to the bow for what they were doing, and personally, I really liked that. I think it made like the melo- the melodic bits really, really um, dramatic sounding, and then it all came in crushing with the hardcore behind it. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, that's for not really well received by people, but still critically lauded. So it was a weird one. And now the back, they're definitely much more of um, a return to the sound from the first two albums which i'll get into in a bit and there's a bit of a lineup change so we'll there's a few th- key things to take apart we'll start with the introduction of ivar because no disrespect to horvard people are always going to recognize the a change in frontman than they will a change in drummer i can only really think of um the rev where people were maybe mike uh, mike portnoy that really really jumped the gun when a drummer left so sorry horvard but we're going to talk about Ivar. Um, that in itself, though, it is not easy to replace a frontman. You look at like old school bands like Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, uh, Motley Crue. And if you want to even go modern, Tesseract were constantly jumping around until they got Dan Tompkins back on lead vocal duties. Asking Alexandria tried doing it with Dennis. Complicated last name. And then they finally brought... Um, Andy back, which has been so, so great ever since. Um, I'm going to do it that side because the, the picture I put on YouTube is probably going to be that and I've probably covered half of that. Um, so yeah, it is not always d- easy to replace a frontman, but it is not impossible. Um, and with the introduction of Ivar, as I said in, so I was obviously, as I said before, I listened to The Good, The Bad and The Ugly earlier this year i can't remember when i did it but i've looked at the good the bad and ugly album and although they are a different band i kind of had like one extra ear out to try and figure out how ivar would fit in a cavell attack world and he doesn't do a lot of like the big um black metal kind of screams that you'd find in cavell attack but i thought he could could do pretty well and that's his about as far as I go because I don't know much about Ivar's vocal talents. Um, I'm really sorry about this chair. It seems extra squeaky today. Either that or just can't sit still. For me, Ivar coming in, I think Ivar does a great job of being very familiar to a Cavell Attack sound whilst still bringing in some nuances that make it his own personal thing. Um, I said in the Good, the Bad and Ugly review, he brought a lot of Hank Von Hell, Turbo Negro kind of vibes. And I think he's done that again. Uglas, 
hegemony? Hegemony? Track six. Um, that's just dripping in Turbo Negro juices. As disgusting as that sounds. Um, so yeah, I think as far as that frontman goes, I think Ivar's done a great job. Like I said, he brings a lot of his own character, so he's not just a tribute singer or he's not just a carbon copy. He's adding a bit of freshness to Cavell Attack after, and that's no disregard to uh, Ireland. I'm going to have to get his name now, aren't I? It was Ireland, Ireland Hjelvik. Um, yes, no, it's not like Ireland needed replacing, it's just, you know. When these things happen, it's nice to have something a, a slightly different approach. That's just my own personal thing. Um, the second big point that I've seen a lot of people talk about, which didn't really pass me by, really, it's Cavellatac's use of the English language, something that they had never really done previously. So, lead single came out, which was uh, Brothbran. That was obviously still in Norwegian. Everyone enjoyed it. Everyone just like, cool, we're going to have new Cavellatac. And then Crack of Doom came out and everyone sort of like lost their mind a little bit because from what I've seen or from what I've heard and read, singing in Norwegian added, it added to the mystery and it added to the aura of the band. And as far as I can recall, only Crack of Doom and Discord, which um, features Nate Newton on the song, they're the only ones that I can really hear that uses the English language. And like I said, it was, wasn't ever something that I really considered. And it just seems like a, a people making a big fuss of, of um, something that in, in retrospect is kind of trivial for me. Because I know um, like people love the fact that, well, sorry, Rammstein got massive despite mostly singing in German. But it was a the thing they mostly sang in German. They still, I've heard songs then where they're in English, in Russian, in French. And they're still, they still got this big awe and this big presence about them. So to me, it was a very much a non-point, but I had a little bit of a dive. As far as I recall, it's only used on Cracker Doom and Discord. And they're the only two songs that I've got guests in. And both guests are native English speakers. You've got, like I said, Nate Newton of Converge and Old Man Gloom. Old Man Gloom, sorry, on Discord. And you've got Troy Sanders of Mastodon on Crack of Doom. To me... It just makes sense to have a song in English when you're bringing in English guest vocalists or English speaking guest vocalists, excuse me. Um, because the alternatives are have the rest of the song in Norwegian and then you got Troy and Nate coming in for their parts and it would almost seem out of context for some random bits of English to be in the song. Or alternatively, you try and get Troy and Nate to learn Norwegian. And I don't know the. Oh, what's the word? Um, the timetables or the what's the proper word for like a planner? Schedule. There we go. I don't know what the schedules are for Troy and Nate, but I don't know if they've got enough time to learn a song or learn uh, lyrics in Norwegian. And not only that, they need to then learn how to get uh, the proper influxes and proper pronunciation for Norwegian words and trust me I've tried learning a bit Norwegian it's very very weird and then they've got to be able to sing in their iconic styles in this foreign language which they have learned so I don't think it's too much of an ass to go into English presume well I've having heard good the bad and ugly 
it sounds like Ivar is a, already a pretty native speaker anyway. So, like I said, I thought it was a moot point. Um, Cracker Doom, when it first came out, I wasn't a fan of it purely because I well, just wasn't a fan. I thought it was quite a kind of a boring song. Listen to it more and more. It's it's so, so much better than what I gave it credit for. Um, the rock and roll vibes in the chorus are just uh, beautiful. Um, Discord is a really great song as well. Really energetic um, gang vocal chorus, which I really enjoyed. So yeah, the use of English, like I said, moot point. I didn't really think it was that much of a drama, personally. In terms of the overall band's sound, to me, they stripped back a lot of the black metal that they've been using over the years. Um, you still got like songs of prominence, so Necrosoft and Vedpreden av Nihil. Again, I'm sorry. Songs like that, they've got, um, I think Necrosoft opens with like a blast beat, tremolo picked opening. Um, and I think um, Vedbreded, Vedbreden, um, I think it's a point in the middle where it goes like super blast beat and super um, black metally. It's certainly much more of like a punk and roll um, kind of album, which is obviously, um, it's, a lot of the like trad metal stuff's gone as well, so it is it's so much more of like a rock and roll meets hardcore punk kind of album, and from that it makes it sound fucking just brilliant. I really really enjoyed it. Um, like I said before, Cracker Doom, total party song, really really good rock and roll sort of stuff. Wow, why did I write this down? Stevnomort med Satan, or track nine to everyone else. Uglas he um, hegemony. Track six and Roland, which is the opening track. I'm really sorry. Like I said, I tried learning Norwegian once many years ago. Um, those songs would just cause excessive amounts of limbs in a live setting. Songs like Fanden, Tedata Hull, or track seven, and Brotherbrand, which is track five. They retain some treadmill bits, and I just said I got rid of most of them, but there are Little siblets here and there. Um, retain some of the trap members from that as third. And that is until Fandon. The first half of the song it is very much like rock and roll, punk rock, little inklings of like trap metal there. And then it just stops and just restarts as a full on thrash metal slam, and it's great. Like I said, I really, really, really enjoyed this. Um, I had. I kind of had low hopes. Not because I have disliked Kvartat before. I've only heard Natasford, and like I said, I really enjoyed it, so I was kind of worried that in the general consensus would be Natasford was the start of a downward decline. It is so much not not that at all. Um, I vastly underestimated what Kvartat could do. It's a total party album. It's so much fun. It's, it's way more upbeat, boppy punk. In the songwriting, like I said, I'd describe it more as like a punk and roll kind of album as opposed to black and roll or heavy metal or anything like that. And yeah, like I said, big fan of the fact that rock and roll takes more of a place than black metal. I think this is, especially with a very turbo negro e vocalist in Ivar, I think that fits the mould so, so much better than making him do like a black metal kind of thing. Yeah, I thought this was fantastic. It is a triumphant return for the band. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Because, yeah, this was this was just brilliant. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, I don't know what the general consensus is in terms of reviewers and 
general listenings or general people but for me no this is a cracking album i've already got um the chorus to cracker doom in my head and i haven't listened to a song in two days so good things good shit it's just good shit and it's also that is it well this is it this is all it. it's 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 done we're over this is done fuck um at desolation pod on facebook twitter instagram i have a youtube it's somewhere just can't you click it click the i've got a link tree click that it's in there somewhere and alongside this you will also have the new month well new newest update to the monthly podcast fucking hell newest update to the monthly playlist it's a different word that begins with p um where it's going to have all the greatest hits from everything i've reviewed over last month and then some and then I'm just going to start again to do April. So go off and find that. Enjoy it. Listen to it. Do things. Do them such. Get in contact. Social medias. Stay safe. That's about it.